Welcome to Walking Apart Wednesdays, a weekly podcast and Bible study for your spiritual walk, hosted by the Pembroke Park Church of Christ. I'm Larry Bernard, Jr., the producer, and if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone. doesn't matter where they are in their own spiritual walk, but everybody needs a little pick-me-up. Visit us on the web at pbcctv.com for more details. And now, let's get into it. Good evening and welcome to another episode of A Walk in the Park. We're so happy to have you with us uh, once again. If this is your first time taking a walk with us, we welcome you. We're so glad that you're here and we definitely hope that you'll come back next Wednesday and every Wednesday after that as uh, we strive to grow in the Lord. Uh, On tonight, uh, we're going to be on our walk. We're going to talk about do I have to forgive? Uh, Forgiveness is one of those topics that is difficult. Forgiveness is one of those topics that uh, uh, we tend to shy away from because it does touch on some feelings. Uh, But on our walk this evening, we're going to strive to understand, do I have to forgive? Join me in a word of prayer. Father God, we approached our throne of grace with bowed heads and humbled hearts. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. Father, we know we sin and fall short of thy glory. So we ask that you forgive us of all unrighteousness, Father. Please blot those sins out of our life and please don't hold them against us again. Father, be with us as we dive into your word, Father. Help us to take heed to the lesson that is taught, Father. Help us to utilize this word in our everyday life, thereby becoming a better and a stronger Christian. Be with me as I strive to teach your people on this evening, Father. Use me as your mouthpiece to tell your people what you want them to hear, Father. These are the blessings we ask in your Son, Jesus' name. Amen. Do I have to forgive? Now, one of life's toughest challenges is overcoming the hurt, overcoming the anger of just being mistreated by someone you love. It always hurts a little deeper when someone you love hurts your feelings. You know, if it's someone that you don't know too well, you can forgive them a little easier. But when that hurt comes from a family member, when that hurt comes from a friend, it's kind of hard uh, to turn that thing loose because you've opened yourself to that person. You, you uh, told them all of your secrets. They know everything about you. And uh, after you've trusted them to this great degree, they've done something to hurt your feelings. As Christians, we hear so much about forgiveness and the need to forgive. And that sounds good in theory. That sounds good on paper. That flows so smoothly when you read the Bible verse. But what about when the rubber meets the road? What about uh, when you've been lied to by your spouse? What about when you've been deceived by your best friend? 
What about if you've been robbed by a loved one or you've even been abused by your family? Forgiveness in that sense takes a, a, a special person. It takes a it takes something special within you to be able to forgive after a situation like that. You know, we as a people, we hold uh, tight to the anger. We hold tight to the pain, waiting for that magical apology to come, thinking that once this person apologizes that all is gonna be well, I'll be able to release this anger. I'll be able to release this hurt. But I stopped by here to tell you that even an apology isn't going to make things better. Even the apology isn't going to heal your heart. An apology is nice, but it's not the secret ingredient to get you to overcome that broken heart. Brother teacher, if an apology doesn't fix my broken heart, how can I fix it? What's going to help me uh, uh, ease the pain that I'm going through uh, after I've been hurt uh, by someone that I love? On this evening, you're going to understand that forgiveness is that magical medicine that heals your heart. But brother teacher, what if the person wasn't sorry? What if the person never apologized to me? What if the person never acknowledged the hurt that they caused me? What if they blamed their actions on me? Uh, what if, what if, what if? We can go through a plethora of what ifs, but I stopped by here to tell you that none of that matters when it comes to forgiveness. You see, forgiveness is not dependent on the person that did you wrong. Forgiveness is a gift that you give yourself. Forgiveness allows you to move on from the hurt. Forgiveness allows you to move on from the pain. Forgiveness allows you to uh, uh, enjoy life without dragging around all of that anger and sadness that you're going through. Now, don't get me wrong, church. Forgiveness is not a simple task. Forgiveness is not easy, but God provides the guidance in his word uh, on how we're able to step up to that challenge. So on our walk this evening, I'm going to go over five simple steps that you can take uh, when you when someone has wronged you. Five simple steps that you can take when your heart is broken uh, that will uh, uh, assist you in getting to that point where you're able to forgive them of that wrong. Even if they haven't apologized, even if they haven't acknowledged it, these steps will help to ease the pain that you're going through so you can move on with your life. In Romans chapter 12, verse number 17 through 21, I'll be reading from the New International Version. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning uh, coals on his head. Do not overcome, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, I just read a mouthful right there, church. You, Brother Adam, you mean to tell me that if someone has wronged me, if someone has uh, just hurt me so bad, I have 
to be nice to them. I can't get even with them. I can't, I can't uh, get the revenge that'll make me feel better. I can't do those things. I stopped by here to tell you this evening that no, God tells us that he will repay. You see, church, we have to let God be the judge. We have to let God hold everyone at task for their faults. Now, I know when someone does us wrong, we want to be the judge, the jury, the, ex the executioner. We want to serve justice right then and there. They did wrong to me. The Old Testament says an eye for an eye, so I'm ready. I'm ready to go get them. I'm ready to make them feel the hurt that they made me feel because I'm hurting right now and it's not fair that they're not hurting the same way. Church, we don't have to worry about doing evil for evil. The Bible tells us to do good to those who are evil to us. Now, I know the question that you're thinking. Does loving our enemies mean that we have to take, a, uh, take abuse? Does loving our enemy means that we have to be a pushover? By all means, that's not what loving your enemy means. You see, we can stop being a punching bag. We can stop being a pushover all while remaining kind and strong and loving. By handling, uh, by allowing God to handle the judgment, we're free, church, to move on and live our life with the joy that God intended. On last week, uh, the week before, we spoke about joy. We spoke about that, that, that what, what God puts in us, and too many times we allow people to take that joy from us. We allow hurt to rob us of our joy. But I stopped by here to tell you when we let that anger go, when we let that hurt go and let God be the judge, we let God get revenge, then we can experience that joy that God intended us to experience. The next step that we're gonna take, uh, the first step was letting God handle it. Step number two is break the bars of your yoke break the bars of your yoke and and before and in order for you guys to understand this i might have to take you back to the farm i've never lived on a farm myself but i heard a few stories about uh, how life on the farm is and back in the day before they had machines to plow the farm fields they would take two oxen and they had an apparatus that they would put around their neck to tie them together. And that apparatus that they tied around their neck is called a yoke. So if you hear the phrase a yoke of oxen, that means two oxen who are tied together by the neck and the farmer would be able to lead these oxen down and they would carry the plow behind them and they would be able to plow the fields. So uh, uh, in order for us to be able to forgive people, we have to break the bars of our yoke. And this is what that means. In the book of Leviticus chapter 26 and verse number 13, still in the New International Version, the Bible reads, I am the Lord your God who bought you out of Egypt so that you would no longer be slaves to the Egyptians. I broke the bars of your yoke and enabled you to walk with heads held high. Now, that's a beautiful verse right there. God is just reassuring that, listen, it was me 
who got you out of Egyptian captivity. You were yoked up to the Egyptians and I broke that yoke apart. And not only were you able to walk out of Egypt, but you were able to walk out of Egypt with your head held high. Now that statement, head held high, holds a little weight to it because there's something that has to take place in order for us to walk around with our heads held high. If you're down on life, if you're discouraged, if you're disappointed, chances are your head's hanging low. But we are children of the Most High God. God has blessed us in a mighty, mighty way. So being that we have so many blessings upon our life, our actions have to show that we're so blessed. So when we as Christians, we don't walk around when our heads down, even though things might be falling apart, we don't walk around with our heads down because we have a heavenly father that sits high and he looks low. We have a heavenly father who is going to be there for us each and every time we call. So even though we're going through a trial, even though we're going through a tribulation, we can walk with our heads held high because that yoke has been broken. You see, when we forgive people, it breaks the bars of our yoke. How many of us are yoked up to anger right now? How many of us are yoked up uh, 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 to just so much pain, to just so much hurt? We're just dragging all of this stuff around. And uh, uh, church, we have to stop allowing ourselves to be yoked up to hurt and anger because when we allow ourselves to be yoked up to these things, it clouds our vision. What do you mean, teacher? You can't make good decisions when you're so angry, when you're so frustrated, when you can't let go of past hurt. You tend to make decisions that you won't normally make. Why? Because your vision is blurred because you're so worried about what that person, you're still holding on to what this person did to your church. Another reason why we can't remain yoked up uh, to that hurt, to that pain, is because it strains our ability to enjoy life. How many times have you been somewhere, you've been out somewhere and somebody, people just keep coming up to and asking you, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? And you're looking around like, do I have a sign on me or something? And uh, 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 you don't have to have a sign as the song says, it's written all over your face. You don't have to say a word. You just allowing this, this pain and this anger just to paint a permanent frown on your face. You're walking around like you're mad at the world. Uh, 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 you look like something's wrong with you. And that's what being yoked up to hurt will cause. But we have to allow God to break those yokes. Another thing that being yoked up to anger causes, it causes us uh, to not have the ability to love. Some of us wonder why we go from failed relationship to failed relationship to failed relationship. Some of us wonder why we can't find love. Some of us wonder why we can't move on with our life and just be happy. You can't be happy because you're, so, you're still yoked up to that pain from that original relationship. You're still yoked up to that hurt. Uh, so you can't move forward because you're still holding on to it, you're still in pain, you're still suffering, you're still mad at that person, you haven't forgiven that person, so you carry all of that baggage into your new relationship and you ruin that relationship because of the stuff that you're holding on from past hurt and pain. So we see, church, how 
Holding on to stuff can not only mess up our current circumstances, but it has a lasting impact on our future circumstances. We have to learn to let that thing go and let God take care of that pain. Step number three, church. Step number three is we have to understand the fact that we are called to forgive. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 14 and verse 15, the Bible reads, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you also. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So you see, church, forgiveness not only frees us from hurt and pain and from being captive to heavy grudges, but forgiveness, uh, we are called by God to forgive. We are commanded by God to forgive. You see, God promises to forgive our sins, but in turn, he requires us to forgive others. So you see, why should we expect God to forgive us of our sins if we want to hold on to grudges against people that sin against us? You see, when we don't forgive people, when we don't let things go, church, we uh, tend to turn into that unprofitable servant or that unforgiving servant that Jesus spoke about in Matthew chapter 18, starting at verse number 27. We've all heard that story where uh, there was a servant who owed the king uh, a large amount of money. And he went uh, to the feet of the king and he cried for forgiveness and he begged the king to forgive that debt. And the Bible says that the, he found mercy and the king forgave him of that debt. But then he went out after the king had forgave him of such a great debt. He went out and he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a couple pennies. Now think about this. He, let's compare. He owed the king thousands of dollars. This other fellow servant owed him pennies and the Bible says that he went and he put his hands on that fellow servant. He said, where's my money? And the servant, when the servant couldn't pay, he had him thrown in jail. We look like that unforgiving servant when we don't forgive people because God forgives us so much. And we just, it's almost to the point where we expect God to forgive us. We go to God and we repent and we ask him to forgive us and God uh, holds true to his word and he forgives us of all the sin that we have committed. But yet when someone does one thing to us, we don't forgive them. Church, we can't live life like that because we fall uh, uh, very, very close to being ca characterized as being a hypocrite. We can't allow ourselves to come in here on Sundays and uh, say, oh, hallelujah and praise God and ask God to forgive us and thank God for forgiving us. But then we go outside of these walls and we don't live the life that God has called us to live. We don't do to people what God is doing to us. So uh, step three is simply we forgive people simply because God forgave us. And if God can forgive us each and every time, we can do the same thing. We can forgive people the same way. Step number four, Jesus showed us the example 
of how to forgive. Jesus laid it out for us and he showed us how we are to forgive people. In Luke chapter 23 and verse number 34, the Bible says, Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Now we know what this is talking about. Picture our Lord and our Savior stretched wide, hung high, people spitting upon him, people ridiculing him. And as all of this is going on, they're putting him through the most excruciating death that you can think of. While in the midst of them doing wrong to him, our Lord and our Savior says, Father, forgive them. Now, some of us might be saying, you know, Jesus was Jesus and and he had powers and Jesus had uh, was able to this. Jesus was human just like we are. Jesus hurt just like we hurt. Jesus cried just like we cry. Jesus felt pain just like we feel pain. And even after going through all of that, he was able to say, Father, forgive them. Now, we don't often think about the torture that Jesus went through, the agony, the sadness, the abandonment that he felt. As humans, these are all emotions that we feel at one point in time, but we don't associate them with Jesus because in our minds, we just tend to hold Jesus so high. But Jesus felt all of that pain, church. Yet he asked God to forgive them. So church, if we can keep that perspective, if we can look through the eyes of Jesus, of if we can see how Jesus was able to forgive people after all they did to him, they led him through the, sh through the streets in shame, church. They put glass on whips and whipped them. And every time they whipped them, they dragged that glass across his back and it just tore his flesh. He bled. They put a crown of thorns on his head, church, blood dripping down his face. Still, he says, Father, forgive them. So if Jesus was able to forgive them, uh, even after going through all of that, we can forgive someone uh, uh, for stepping on our shoes. We can forgive someone for cutting us off in traffic. We can forgive someone for the meaning, for the meaningful, for the meaningless thing that they've done to us. Because if Jesus was able to endure all of that and forgive, surely we can forgive uh, uh, anyone for what they've done to us. Step number five, church. God's greatest sacrifice uh, was for our forgiveness. First John chapter two and verse number two says he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. You see, the greatest gift that God has given to us was sending his son to atone for our sins. Think about that, church. Think about yourself as a parent. Think about someone saying, listen, in order for uh, uh, your friend to be saved, you have to sacrifice your child. Let me tell you, church, if that was me, some of y'all might be in some trouble. 
because I can't even fathom the thought of sacrificing my son or my daughter for someone else. But that just shows you the amount of love that God has for you and that he has for me. That shows you the magnitude of how much God loves us where he was able to look down and see his son crying. Eli, Eli, lama sabethani. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Think of how much pain God had to been going through to see his only begotten son going through all that anguish, going through all that pain. And God knows the end from the beginning, so he knew what he was sending his son to do. He knew the pain that his son would have to endure, but yet and still he sent his son for you and for me so that we can have forgiveness of our sins. God watched his son be tortured, church, for our forgiveness. So perhaps when someone wrongs us, we can find an ounce of strength to muster through our own journey and forgive people. Church, I gave you five steps that will help you to forgive. We said step one was to let God handle it. Don't worry about revenge. Don't worry about getting evil. Don't worry about an eye for an eye. Let God handle that situation. Step two was to break the bars of your yoke. Stop being yoked up with that anger. Stop being yoked up with that pain. Let that thing go. Allow God to put that joy back in your heart. Step number three is to understand the fact that we're called to forgive. It's a command for us to forgive because if we want God to forgive us, we have to forgive others. Step four is to just look at the example that Jesus set. The magnitude that of the pain and hurt that Jesus went through is greater than what we go through on this time side of life. And Jesus was able to forgive. So if Jesus was able to forgive, we can forgive too. And step number five, understand that great gift that God gave us. He sent his son, his only begotten son, down to that old rugged cross so that we might have another chance. Church, I hope that I've said something on tonight that might help you, uh, that might bless you in a mighty, mighty way. But you know, we never want you to stay in the same condition that you're in. Anytime we dive into God's word, that's a life changing experience. So if you're not a member of God's body, if you're not a member of the Church of Christ, five easy steps that you can take. You've heard the word on this evening. Believe what you've heard. Repent of your past sins. Confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and we will baptize you even on this evening. We'll meet you at our building. We can contact us through our social media sites and we'll meet you at the building even on this evening to baptize you for the remission of your sins. Or if you're already a member of God's body and you've been yoked up to anger, you've been yoked up to pain and you haven't been forgiving the way that you should, let that thing go. Ask God to forgive you, repent of your sins and start uh, uh, your relationship with God anew. I'm so glad that you all came on this walk with us on this evening. I pray that we have learned something, uh, but don't let uh, what we studied on tonight uh, just falter. Let it find root in your heart. And if we let this word find root in our heart, we'll be better and we'll be stronger.
Until next time, may God bless you.